Hi, my name is Dan Ariely, and welcome to Arming the Donkeys, a weekly podcast about science. Every week, I will talk to one researcher about one project. We'll have a chat about what they found and what it means for our lives. Dan's guest today is Erica Reicher, a psychologist, author, and parenting coach. Dr. Reicher is the author of What Great Parents Do, 75 Simple Strategies for Raising Kids Who Thrive. She and Dan talk about some common mistakes parents make and how good parenting practices help your children and yourself. I think one of the things that parents uh, will often get wrong is understanding what the world looks like from their children's perspective. Understanding that kids are individuals too, but even more so that because kids are in a stage of development, they're kind of works in progress. Um, they experience the world in different ways, and so it's important to allow them to have those experiences and to really let them have their reality, even if we don't agree with it or even if we don't understand it, but not arguing with our kids about what their experience is. So, so you know, generally we think that uh, empathy is hard, mm-hmm. and uh, empathy is seeing the world from somebody else's perspective, but mm-hmm. you're saying with kids, empathy is extra hard because it's not just another person, it's another person who has a very different mm-hmm. tools yeah. and understanding yeah. and so on. And I think also as parents, we want our kids to see the world the way we do. I think even if we don't acknowledge that, there's a way in which that's satisfying to think that these little people are like us. And yeah. so, so are there specific things that you think parents get the, the most wrong? Is it things about uh, preferences or is it things about motivation or is it thing about the worldview? You know, when kids are experiencing the world, let's say you're, you know, you're out with your four-year-old and you get them an ice cream cone and they drop it. In the context of our lives, that doesn't seem like such a big deal. We know that it can be easily fixed, right? Um, but for kids, that can be extremely, extremely upsetting. And we can inadvertently kind of minimize their feelings by saying things to them like, don't cry, it's just an ice cream. When I think, you know, for a lot of kids, it might feel better in that moment to just go there That's with right. them and say, oh, you're really upset. You dropped your ice cream. Oh, honey, right. you're sad about that. And so, so even even if to your spouse you would say it's only an ice cream, don't cry. You're saying for your kid, maybe maybe having a little extra. I think for anybody that probably works better, especially if you feel like the energy is escalating, especially if you want to de-escalate stress, tension, conflict. The best thing to do is to try to take the other person's perspective, which doesn't mean that you have to agree with it. That which is a really important point. Yeah, but just think. But let's let's just push it mm-hmm. uh, uh, a little bit. Okay. So uh, you're uh, from Oakland, California. Uh, can I assume that you're not a Trump supporter? <laughs> yeah, that's a good example. assumption. And <laughs> um, what what would happen if your daughter, who's eleven, uh huh, what what would happen if she came today and said, you know, I'm a Trump, <laughs> I'm a Trump supporter, um, I want to put these uh, posters of Trump on the front lawn uh-huh. and start um, promoting his ideology on my Facebook page? Right. How how much empathy would you show? When the stakes get higher, it is much harder to, yeah. to really do that. I know that she's not a Trump supporter. She <laughs> talks about that all the time. But let me imagine that. I think, you know, I, I would probably just have boundaries about, you know, the things that she thinks and the things that she feels are hers. But there may be things that I wouldn't want her to say in front of me <laughs> or in my house I wouldn't want her to present. But when she's, you know, representing herself out in the world, that would be another thing. So I, I would try very hard to let her be the person that she is, but also... That doesn't mean that it reflects on me, and I would still be able to kind of try to have my own <laughs> but, boundaries about that. Um, so, so, you know, the reason I, I, I brought this example a little bit because it's funny, but also because there are very different types of things you can mm-hmm. have low empathy about. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
one of them is about ideologies and mm-hmm. values. Another one is about the particular emotional uh, mm-hmm. baggage that comes with an experience. Mm-hmm. So if you say, have more empathy to things that are about dropping an ice cream, mm-hmm. that's one thing, mm-hmm. right? You say, you don't understand how heartbreaking this is. Right. Uh, but I'm, I, I'm wondering whether ideology is the same thing. Whether you want to say, well, you kids, you can have your own ideology, and I want to try and understand your ideology, or is this something that parents should be more forceful about? So, and basically saying, mm-hmm. you know what? Uh, being a bigot is just not okay. Mm-hmm. And it might not fit with your view of the world right now, but this is just something I'm going to insist mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. this is not the right, right yeah. approach. No, I, I, I would agree with that. I do think that that is different. So are there, are there things like this that you would say the kids might have a different experience of it, but mm-hmm. nevertheless we should insist as parents, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. being paternalistic and mm-hmm. guiding them in life, that we should not give in. That mm-hmm. for these things there's a right way <laughs> um, to experience the world and this is not the right way. Or, yeah. you know, what about saying whatever you want or being impolite or well see i think that that is kind. that that's where i think there's an easy boundary to be drawn there there's what people think and believe and feel which i kind of consider let's call an internal experience just to simplify this mm-hmm. and then there's what you might call the external which is what you say and what you do yeah um, and i think that that's one very easy boundary you can draw anytime you know like it's okay for you to think and feel like that i happen to disagree with it but saying and doing are an area where you i think can can do have but, more but strong boundaries aren't, aren't okay some of the things okay. you hope the most to instill in your kids are some basic beliefs mm-hmm. because that, yeah. that kind of guarantees doing right you can say you can feel whatever you want but i want to just change what you do but at some point they'll go to the real world and whatever yeah. they believe is going to be that's what's, true what's last that's true at the same time i think that with kids especially preteens and teenagers arguing with them about yeah. what they think is probably not going to accomplish what we would hope which is changing their mind I think sometimes just kind of having an agree to disagree, even if you can strongly state your perspective that, you know, you think it's bigoted, you think it's racist, you strongly disagree. I still think you have to give them the space to do that themselves. If you try to impose that, especially on your children, a lot of kids are likely to grasp on, I think, even more tightly, and that can backfire on you, depending on your relationship with your kids. That can become a way that, that your kids are separating from you, and it becomes kind of a metaphor of the separation in a way that you give more energy to. Yeah, and I know, I know that you worry a lot about uh, doing things at the moment that looks like good parenting, but then uh, ensure a life of loneliness, that once your kids get to be 18, they, they leave home and never want to come, mm-hmm. to come back. Within the realm of trying to get kids to do what parents think is, is right, mm-hmm. um, what, what is your role of using uh, negative versus positive reinforcement? What's mm-hmm. your view about using, I don't know what, treats and rewards and what's your well i think there's a place for negative and positive um in the realm of negative i think giving fair and reasonable consequences that kids know in advance is going to happen so they have a choice about what they're going to do it's not just a surprise like give me an example what's um a... you know i call this fair warning of fair consequences so let's say you tell your child you know your curfew's at 11 o'clock if you don't come in at 11 then the next time you want to go out you, you know either you can't go out or you have to come in early or whatever you think is reasonable given your child if they then choose to stay out past 11, it's entirely reasonable for you to impose yeah. that consequence. Um, at the same time, if they come in at 11, I think it'd be great not to give them, you know, the car keys or a brand new car or cookies or candy, but to say, you know, I really appreciate how responsible you are. And the more responsible you are, the more I want to help you be more independent and make your own choices. So I think that's a way to promote 
mm-hmm. independence and responsibility. So it's kind of creating a reputation, right? This is every time That's you're right. behaving well, really your reputation is increasing, and we can we uh-huh. can trust you to do to do more. Mm-hmm. And um, and talk and really narrating that process so kids can kind of feel that it's happening, but also know that you're noticing. Yeah. What they're doing. Are there things that you would uh, not put in the basket of uh, reasonable consequences? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, movies, screen time, desserts. Um, yeah. Well, I think movies and screen time definitely can go in the basket. I think food is a, is a tricky one. I no would food. Probably, I, would say, <laughs> I would stay away from food as a consequence or a kind of a, a lever. You know, place to stay, things to eat. I would also put love and attention in that basket too. A mm-hmm. lot of times parents will sometimes think about punishing their kids by withdrawing yeah. attention, love. It's know. probably less planned, right? That's probably just it more is. emotional reaction it rather is. than saying... But I think we need to be aware of that because yeah. that's that's extremely painful. And I think there's a way to be disapproving of our kids' behavior and still maintain an emotional connection and still you know make it clear that I love you no matter that's... what, even when I don't like your okay. behavior. So. Housing, love, and food, we're not touching. Those are the main, and probably school. I'd put and probably school. school. You yeah. yeah. everything, everything else, you know, screen time and outings and toys and clothes and shoes and all those kind of privileges. But I, the basics, I would say, are really off the table. Yep. And, and they should probably not be as much do X, I'll do Y, but you do X, you get better standing in the home in some mm-hmm. way rather than saying, you know, show up three times mm-hmm. uh, on time for curfew and I'll buy you... Yeah. Uh, something X, Y, or Z. Yeah, and I would say the flip side of this, in addition to kind of what you're teaching both implicitly and explicitly through, um, you know, how you talk to your kids and what you remark on and what you give consequences for, there's also how you are behaving too, and that's that's an important component. This has been Arming the Donkeys, an audio podcast with Dan Ariely of Duke University. Dan's latest book is Payoff, the hidden logic that shapes our motivations. To learn more about the book, and all of Dan's work, go to danarielli.com.